comic bookie fans all over the globe what is up you see the familiar face in the familiar place we are back at you live with episode 91 first in sports the comeback player of the year and the football team make sure there are going to be no undefeated teams in the nfl as it's dwindling down the nba is soon to tip off Will the committee make sure that their beloved Ohio State Buckeyes get into the football playoff, national football playoff? Champions League is on to the round of 16, and NASCAR is already announcing its schedule changes for 2021. In the entertainment and comic side, your favorite entertainer has tied the knot. We'll let you know who it is. Disney Plus with the huge news on Investors Day, right after a huge name in the movie business calls out HBO Max for what? We'll definitely let you know why. The king of all media just cashed out and more on episode 91. So strap in your seatbelts, enjoy the ride because it's time for Blast Off to the Moon. Let's go. TCB fans, we are back and we are ready to roll. Hope you guys enjoy the intro and hope that you guys are ready to enjoy your speakers for the next hour and a half as you guys roll on with us. As we complete the last couple weeks of 2021, Christmas is upon us. Sports have been rolling or have they? A lot of uh, COVID stuff, but here we are. And uh, once again, this episode is brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. As always, check them out for all your comic booking needs at TI Comics on Instagram and Twitter. Or check out the website or hit them up. Uh, check out their number, 510 area code. And uh, yes, even though Gavin Newsom is trying to shut them down and handle them, uh, we are fighting through it. And uh, we are not going to be defeated here in California. So... We're going to get through it, but like I said in the intro, your favorite entertainer has tied the knot. And we're not going to let you guys wait for that type of news. We are going to deliver it now. <laughs> you hear them laughing. You hear them. But unfortunately, guys, Mike is not with us tonight. But the newlywed, your guys' favorite comic bookie, Sean Powers. How's it going, Mr. Powers? Good, How, my man. How's it feel, brother? It feels great. It feels great. Yeah, for those who don't know, I got married last Friday to my now wife, Marissa Sagato Powers. And yeah, it, it's a beautiful thing. We definitely kept it under under wraps. I know next July we're still planning on doing something big with our family and friends, you know, depending on how the COVID thing goes. But yeah, we uh, did a little intimate thing ahead of time with our family at Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, sorry, at Half Moon Bay at the Ritz-Carlton, uh, right there on the cliffs by the golf course. And, yeah, it was a beautiful thing. You could check out our social media page and see some pictures, feel as if you were there with us. But, yeah, man, it, it's a good feeling. It's long overdue. I've been with Marissa about eight years now. So, yeah, it's been good, Mark. Eight years. Eight, eight years, years man. I mean, I remember those days when you first got with her, when you were first introducing her to the group. You know how it is. You got to introduce her to the homies first and then a couple <laughs> months or whatever later you're introducing her to the family. But, man, it has been a long time coming. I remember going in and uh, at her old employer um, 
arrest our favorite <laughs> DJs. <laughs> hey, that deep dish, that that the Hawaiian pig, the deep dish that they got. But no, I remember going in there and seeing her. Oh, you're with my you're with my 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 brother Sean. Da, 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 and, you know, it's it's it has been a long time coming. Eight years. I mean, I've been with my wife since 2010, so about 10. Uh, I feel like me, you, and and Mike have kind of been with our ladies almost around the same time. You know, we get to that age where it's uh, that time to kind of tie the knot and just uh, live our lives trying to raise someone that can be better than us, you know, into the future. That's the plan. (laughs) That's the plan. But nonetheless, man, congratulations to yourself, uh, Sean, your wife, Marissa Salgado Powers, as we could say. But I mean, my question to you real quick is like na- the navigation and the logistics of all just trying to put a wedding together in these days of COVID have just been horrible. I know my brother from another mother that I always mention over there in Como, Columbia, Missouri, Bobby, he had to, you know, he kind of just postponed his wedding to the next year. He was going to do it this November, which I would have been attending a couple weeks ago, but he has postponed it to 2021. You know, and I, I understand where he's coming from because you're paying all this money. You kind of want it on your terms. You don't want it on Gavin Newsom's terms. That's for damn sure, right? So, how has it been for you, Sean, navigating this whole? Uh, if you have any tips or tricks for anybody of the comic bookie fans out there that might be navigating a wedding themselves, what 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 do you say to them? Well, well, it definitely has its challenges. I mean, you gotta look at all the fine print and a lot of the contracts you sign and the deposits because some companies probably won't give you your money back others have you know certain things they have instituted with the whole covid situation so they're able to be flexible rather you need to postpone or even cancel your wedding right now we do have a place that we're interested in it's not to say it might change because i mean since we are legally married i mean the next step is obviously having a house having kids and with the whole COVID situation, it's something we can kind of take, you know, take advantage of and maybe having a smaller wedding down the road in July or whenever it is. But I guess the only tip is just kind of look at the fine print and just really be uh, a lot of communication with your facility and all your vendors. Because right now it's a hard time with just all these different rules with Newsome kind of having a lockdown. And even if the lockdown opens up, how many people you can actually have at your wedding Who's actually going to feel safe going to your wedding? So there's just a lot of intangibles right now. Definitely, you know, it sucks, but you know, I'm just trying not to stress. I mean, I haven't even got, you know, I've gotten married, but I haven't had my reception yet. But it's I'm just not to stress over. It's not really worth it at this point. Just kind of go day by day and just control what you can, I guess. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting to just see people on social media kind of, you know, fighting back against Gavin Newsom. I mean, this guy has became like a national treasure now before he was just the governor of California. And now he's just, I I mean, I think everybody in every state has heard this guy's name now, you know, but news coming out about him, some of the companies that he's founded or co-funded or co-owner of has received the PPP protection payment plans and whatnot while he's shutting down other businesses and People are getting pissed because they're getting they're saying, you know, show us proof, like scientific proof that outside seating at my restaurant really spreads the virus, you know. And, you know, I see where they're coming from because you're going to have everybody in these cities. You know, we I live in a city of about 60,000. Your city's a little bit bigger, about 100,000, I'd say. But nonetheless, we're in the Bay Area and every city here is pretty populated. So, 
you're going to have all these people from from these counties or cities kind of congregating in the same in the same targets and same Costco's and Walmart's and what have you. But you're going to tell me that my friend down there that in San Carlos that owns a barbershop, you're telling me that he can't invite, you know, one person in at a time to get their haircut. I mean, it just kind of seems ludicrous to me. And I can see where I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't own a business. But, Sean, if I owned a business and I'm pretty sure TCB fans out there can attest to this, if I owned a business in California right now, I mean, I, I, I'd be in, I'd be pissed because not only do we pay the highest taxes here for everything, the highest gas, everything here is pretty much the one of the highest, if not the highest in the country. And then on top of that, you're trying to shut down my 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 business. That's why you see, you know, Elon Musk and other ones, other people that are trying to flee these high taxed uh, states such as Morgan Stanley. I believe I just saw that they're going to go to Florida. Elon Musk is moving to uh, uh, Texas, Texas all, yeah. although I don't think he's moving that plant in Fremont down to Texas. But, yeah, dude, it's just you just can't. I don't know. It, it just sucks to be a business owner if you're not a huge conglomerate monopoly type business owner right now. Well, like we said before, you know, California, obviously, it's the state we're born and raised in, but it's not that place it used to be. And there's just a lot of challenges between the taxes, obviously, the political standpoints and just all this COVID situation. I mean, there's no right way, you know, I mean, he's doing something right now, Newsome. some people don't like it. But then again, he's kind of protecting his own ass, trying to do things to prevent as many people as he can from getting it. But then again, who's to say what he's doing is right or wrong? I mean... I don't know. It's just kind of like at this point, bro, I mean, we're one year into COVID about and between all the deaths that we've had with celebrities, that's like, oh, crap, you know, Kobe, today, Debo. You shout know, out Debo, man. Shout out Debo. Tuck your chain. Yeah, you know, uh, Maradona, all these different people. And then obviously just people in general, the average people Sean like me. Sean Connery. You know, Sean Connery is just like. It just sucks, I man. It's kind of just a bigger picture. I mean, it sucks with the business aspect also. I mean, but just right now, I don't even know that there's a right way to handle this right now. I mean, we just need a proven vaccine that people are going to be comfortable taking. And, you know, I guess just go from there. Because right now, it's just like, I think anything that a politician does, one side's going to like it, one side's going to hate it. But the one thing they shouldn't hate is listening to the comic book geeks. That might make them feel better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. We ain't gonna get into no vaccine uh, talk here. Yeah. That's for another day. But nonetheless, Sean, congratulations yeah, uh, on you, your you. on your tying the knot. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Is knowing you my whole life, brother. I'm very very proud of you. That makes all the comic bookie hosts on this podcast married now so uh we're all tied down so all of you female fans out there we're sorry uh no n- none of us none of us are on the market <laughs> anymore all our stocks eaten up and uh yeah but let's get into some uh pigskin sean we're gonna start off with sports first what do you say man uh we'll get into college a little bit later i know i mentioned that the committee is trying to get ohio state in But uh, let's start with the NFL. We're going into week 14 here. Week 13 had its own storylines, nonetheless, uh, with the with the Jets still in the losing for Lawrence sweepstakes. Very obviously. (laughs) Well, obviously, (laughs) the Jets 0-12 with the Raiders 7-5 now off that win. Um, 
man, what can you say, dude? What was it like five seconds on the clock? You got that. You I know that the books, they actually loved how the Browns went into Tennessee and handled that because all the money line parlays got broken up because a lot of people had the Titans to win that game outright. Yeah. Although 41 and 35, you know, 76 points scored in that game. Pretty crazy that I think the Titans were down by a lot more than to just lose by six. But, you know, the Colts facing the Raiders coming up, they handled the Texans. But, Sean, man, what do you say? Anything that you want to talk about in the past week 13 that you thought was – we called Sean – sorry, we called uh, the the Broncos with the plus 13 last week against the Chiefs. As you see, they only lost by, what, six points, divisional game. Look ahead, Chiefs not really caring. So that was a good one for the TCB fans out there if they got in on it. Uh, what do you want to say? 45-0, to zero, the Chargers are horrendous with the 3-9, and nine, with the Patriots losing tonight to the Rams. Once again, the Los Angeles Rams have beaten the, the – have actually pounded, right, Sean? Oh, they destroyed them. Yeah, it was 24-3, to three, I want to say. Yeah, it was a whooping tonight. But, Sean, what do you say, man? Uh, your Niners are kind of hanging in there, and I say the probably the best division in football – uh, what do you want to say for week 13, week 14, before we give the fans some of these numbers, man? Uh, like you said, obviously the Niners, you know, they're hanging around. I got to get my one my one second because I am a Niner fan. But it was a tough game. We got uh, definitely routed by Buffalo. But, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. We're going to need a little bit of hopes and wishes to try to get into the playoffs. You know, it's kind of as far as I'm going to go with them. But I think the big thing of the week is this Washington football team, man. They went into Pittsburgh with Alex Smith, who hadn't played in, I think, two or three years. And they beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. What a game. I know a lot of people see Washington, you know, on paper as a team that uh, they're five and seven. But they're a first place five and seven team. And, you know, Alex Smith, he probably didn't expect to take much of any snaps this season. And now he's a starting quarterback of a first place team uh, playing great football right now. Again, they're tied right now with the Giants technically for first place. But, yeah, they have a huge game coming up against my Niners, actually. And as much as I want to say the Niners are going to somehow pull it out, I mean, right now that Washington defense, they travel well and they're playing good football. You know, they played undefeated Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh kind of had a very easy schedule the rest of the way. And I had them undefeated, to be honest. But, yeah, Washington. I saw that. They did have an easy schedule. Yeah. And I think this actually may have been one of like the easier games. I mean, it's still Washington, but hey, you know, that you know, those seven losses are misleading, man. Like they're a pretty damn good competitive football team. And again, you know, they beat them, uh, Pittsburgh. But going into this week, uh, you know, I think the biggest game right now is the Raiders and Colts. That's possibly a first round playoff matchup, but with the Raiders one game out of the playoffs, he might be tied for that last spot, I think uh percentage points or tiebreaker. They might uh, be on the outside looking in. But I think it's a huge game. They're back in Vegas facing the Colts, Phillip Rivers, one of their uh, old little rivals when he's on the Chargers. And I think it's a good game for the Raiders to just get back on track. They beat the Jets last week, or I think the Jets lost on purpose with a nine-man blitz on the last play of the game. But I guess I'm just thinking out loud. (laughs) But, no, it's a huge game for the Raiders. They need to get a win this week. And, that's actually the game I'm kind of looking forward to. You got two really good teams. It's a fun little matchup. I mean, think about it. The Raiders are tied with the Ravens, another possible playoff team at seven and five. You have Miami at eight and four. So there's you know, a lot of teams in that 
little area, a little gray area. In the hunt bubble. Yeah, the Colts eight and four, Tennessee eight and four. So you know, there's a lot of fun teams right there in that little hunt for the last playoff spot. And again, the Raiders put themselves in a good situation. They had a lot of good wins early. They're playing good football. I think before the season, I don't know if it was Mike or even you. I think we kind of had him at like that seven wins, maybe eight. But I mean, again, I seen him at around eight or nine. And right now, you know, they're two games out of, you know, what I expected them to get. And right now, I'm, you know, I'm going to hold true to that. I think they're going to for sure make the playoffs the way they're playing right now. And yeah, I mean, what do you think, Mark? You think they're going to be able to pull it out this week? Well, the Raiders, and to give you a line here, I'm getting a plus three with the Raiders at home. You know, there's no fans and whatnot, so I don't know how much you can take that plus three for, for, you know, you got to take it with a grain of sand, you know. But I think that with the Colts having a better defense, I don't know, man. I think that the Raiders are really going to have to step up, but I think they know what's at stake if they win this game. Obviously, the Colts lose it. They're going to be tied with the Colts uh with uh with the eight and five record so i think that they really want that to happen but at the same time you know i think that the raiders they need to really focus on what's going to come up ahead because i mean you really think about if they didn't have you know think about if they didn't have kansas city which is their only loss so far. Kansas City, right, was the Raiders. But I yep. believe if, if the Raiders didn't have Kansas City in their division, I mean, th- if they win this week, they already beat Vegas's win-loss record for the season. I think Vegas had them pegged at about seven and a half wins, That's right? Seven and a half, yeah. So one more win, and they beat that. And I know a lot of people were on the under just thinking that Gruden was going to take a while. <laughs> Not Sean. Mm-hmm. Wave that wave. I see you across the basement. Wave that to Kemba Matumbo finger. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people actually have the under thinking that Gruden was going to have to, you know, reconstruct this team a little bit, which he does on the defensive side at that. But we know that when Waller's got it together, when Ruggs can do like what he did in the last play against uh, the Jets last week, we know that they can shine on offense. It's just that. The Colts got a good defense, so I know Mike's not recording tonight, but I know his pessimistic ass would probably be all down on the Raiders. But, you know, you give me that plus three, uh, maybe wait, see if I can get three and a half. I can see the Raiders maybe staying within that number. And if the offense and if the defense, sorry, can actually play worth the shit, I can actually see the offense, you know, kind of keeping this game, this team in the game as they always seem to do every week, though. I do agree with you. I think that the Raiders have a good chance if the Raiders' uh, defense can step up a little bit. We've kind of said the problem is more the coordinators in the scheme. The players are there. They had a good little crop of players when they're all healthy, Farrell and Crosby on the line. Uh, those two especially, they're definitely uh, good players. And if they get a little pressure on Phillip Rivers, it might be able to make a little noise. But at the same time, that's just it. You need to make sure you get pressure because – that offense on the Colts, man, they're a little better than people think. And on the defensive side, adding Buckner, man, they are very, very tough. Uh, I think the Raiders is not a must win. They have, you know, three games coming up, including the Chargers and Denver, which are very winnable. You also got Miami in that. So if you can take two out of three, basically two out of four to end the season and get to nine and seven, I think you're in the playoffs. So it's not necessarily a must win. Less pressure if you do win. But, hey. 
Let's go with the Raiders covering. It'll be a super tight one, but I think the Colts will win. But not to go completely off track of this Raiders and Colts game, I'm actually looking at it right now. I already have my game of the week. I have my surprise of the week. My I'm not saying lock of the week. Kansas City visiting Miami. I think that is going to be a hell of a game. I did not realize that they're playing this week. Kansas City visiting Miami. Miami. For Miami, a top five defense in almost every important defensive category. I'm telling you, bro, don't be surprised. It scares me just because Kansas City did not cover last week. I think that um, they might be looking at this game as well. I'm not, I don't know what game they have in week 15, but... You, Mike will always tell you going down there to South Florida in that humid hardest weather. Thing hardest thing in football. Hardest thing in football. Hardest thing in football from Top. a cold, cold Kansas City day to a freaking humid, ugly Miami evening with that defense. I mean, I think the word I think what loses the game possibly for Miami is Tua because I just don't think he's ready despite his stats. I think they're very misleading because they've been running the ball all right and ultimately their defense is so freaking good. But I'm telling you, bro, like if he can just not lose the game and just not turn it over and control the offense, I mean, straight up, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami wins this football game. At least cover, I think, is a lock. Seven points for that defense. Oh, I think they'll for sure get a lock because they got they at least got the cornerbacks that can kind of hang with the receivers. Yeah, that's 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 my pick. I'm gonna get it out the way now. I like Miami. <laughs> I'm getting it out the way now, bro. Wow, there it is. He's getting it out the way quick. How many minutes? Twenty minutes into the tonight, episode ninety one. He's already yeah. giving the T- TCB fans locks. Okay, Sean. And you know, if you don't want to take the money line, because I understand that, at least take the spread. I kind of like that minus one hundred five plus seven. I'm looking at Bovada right now. I mean, uh, I kind of like it, man. A little appealing. I'll tell is you it- what's a little appealing, Sean, and let's get back to. Th- our team in the Bay. I know I say are as I cringe, but nonetheless, <laughs> they are the only team left in the Bay. Mike does not want to hear that, but uh, the San Francisco 49ers, Sean, your team uh, coming off. Uh, we usually get, we usually love to hit, hit our teams quick before we get into these other games. So bear with us, TCB fans. We will be getting to your team very shortly, but on a, on a, on a note here, I'm saying that, the San Francisco 49ers, I'm looking, man, they lost last week. They had to relocate. Obviously, they're not playing in Santa Clara once again. How many times is this guy going to be brought up in this brought up in this episode, in this episode 91 with Mr. Gavin Newsom that he has to, you know, Santa Clara County has kicked out the San Francisco 49ers. And now they are playing down there in Arizona, which is just wild to me. But and we anyway, suck there. <laughs> you, they didn't change up the field or nothing. The Niners are playing where where their arch rivals versus Arizona in the end zones. I mean, that sucks, dude. I would hate to be playing. You know, we we got job. Now we got to play on a field that got our our rivals' name all over it. But yeah. it is what it is. You guys lose 24-34 to the Bills. I had the Bills in that game, but I'll tell you who I got in this game. We mentioned it earlier, Sean, but the San Francisco 49ers are going to be playing the Washington football team led by nonetheless, Mr. I got dropped from my starting position because I got injured <laughs> because now Mr. Kaepernick got his own Ben and Jerry's ice cream. There it is. Change the world. If you guys you guys are getting this first here on the Comic Bookies podcast, change the world. 
W-H-I-R-L-E-D. Colin Kaepernick has got his own ice cream via Ben and Jerry's with the BLM fist on it. But Alex, <laughs> Alex Smith, Sean, lost his job to this guy, Kaepernick, as Harbaugh was the coach back in the heydays. But I think that with that huge win down there in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field for the Washington football team, having to travel I mean, it's still not to the Bay Area, but it's still across country. country. The play in Phoenix or Glendale, wherever the hell they play. But I got to tell you, man, minus three, that's kind of a short number to me to a team that has been getting job, lost by 10 points, has been staying competitive throughout all their injuries. And now they're facing a team that is coming off like the biggest win of the season for them. And probably, you know, you just made that. Pittsburgh team undefeated, uh, undefeated team uh, defeated. So I'm going to be looking to the San Francisco 49ers here, man, to, to at minus three. I really, really like this. They are, this is, they're going to be the back-to-back game in Arizona. Yes. That first game against a, a better team is going to be harder, but now they're playing a, a less best, a lesser team and not having to travel as the lesser team is traveling off coming off their huge win. This is just a huge situational spot, in my opinion, to play the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm giving you my lock right now. Sean, what do you think about the game? I 100% agree with you. I'm not going against what I said about Washington. I still think they're a pretty good football team defensively, you know, stronger than the offense. But I think also, you know, being a Niner fan, I know how we roll. I know what kind of team we have. And we've been fighting all season with all the injuries. You know, if we can just scheme up a good offense, a lot of just ping-ping plays, moving the ball quickly, a lot of speed, a lot of space with our players, I definitely think we can beat Washington. If we can get it to where we can get an early lead and force them to get away from the run, Washington, I think for sure we can win. And just, you know, our second week in Phoenix, kind of getting used to it a little bit more away from the family. You know, it's been tough, I'm sure, on all the players. I mean, you might be millionaires, but they're still human beings, and there's a lot of things they're, you know, they're facing basically because of COVID. So if they can kind of, you know, just get it together this week, let's finish off, you know, this little quote-unquote homestand in Arizona strong. I know we're on the road next week. Or Are we on the road? I think we're actually facing Arizona in Arizona as the road team next week. I'm sorry. So I think it's another game in Arizona. But going back to this week, yeah, I actually think, I mean, you know, Niners this week, they have a very, very good chance of beating Washington. And I think we actually will. I'm not saying that. Washington, you know, blew their load beating Pittsburgh, but just like between the travel and I think the Niner offense, which is a lot different than Pittsburgh's offense, I think they'll be able to expose Washington just a little bit. And yeah, I think that's a good choice, Mark. There it is. And let's get into some of these other games. As you look down the slate, Sean, I don't see too many games that really catch my eye. You know, New Orleans and Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz is getting benched for Jalen Hurts. Your opinion on that, Sean? If you got one, you can share it now. I mean, I've always said Carson Wentz is good for at one pick a game, if not two. It's just ridiculous. It's so hard to put your hard-earned, you know, tax dollars on this guy when it's just, you know, I don't know how much better Jalen Hurts is gonna be, but I mean, at this point, uh, Peterson, he's gotta try it, right? He's gotta. Try to switch something up, Mr. Doug. He's got to try to, you know, 
switch something up because it's it's just not working there, man. What, what do you think, Sean? What, I don't think it matters what they do this week, win or lose versus the Saints. It's not a boost. Philly's just a bad football team. I've actually watched them the past two weeks. They've been on the nationally televised uh, game, and they're just a bad team. I mean, defensively, you know, they're respectable against the run, but just overall, they're just a bad football team. I actually really like Wentz, but he's just had a lot of bad luck. It's not that he's overrated because he's not overrated. He's just really just going through a bad spell, playing some bad football, and I don't think that offense helps. They're in the shotgun like 90% of the time. They don't ground and pound. They don't play with a damn fullback. A lot of young receivers with Rager, uh, Asiago Whiteside. I don't even know if he freaking is playing right now. So it's just like, it's just a bad situation. I mean, you think Jalen Hurts is going to go in there and do any better? I mean, maybe it'll spark something to where he has a good game. He'll have a little excitement because of his speed, you know, his intangibles as a football player, a running quarterback. But big picture, I mean, Carson Wentz is definitely the guy to be there. He's a lot better than, you know, Hurts is for sure. But I think it's deeper than that. Again, I just don't think that offense is built correctly for Wentz. The offensive line is hurt. He's getting banged up. He's been sacked the most times in football. I think like eight times last week versus Saints. This past week versus the Packers, like another six times. I mean, the guy's just getting his ass kicked. I mean, so I think it's just deeper than where the quarterbacks are. You're not a playoff team, so you might as well put Hurts back there and just see what he can do. But to think that Hurts is the guy right now, long term, I mean, no. You you still have like $100 million invested in one. So don't just throw this guy under the bus yet, man. That that is true. I mean, that is you got to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. He obviously got them to a, a you know the chances to get into that playoff, which eventually got into the Super Bowl where Nick Foles won it against Mr. Tom and the New England Patriots. But hey, Carson Wentz was still a pretty big factor in that year that got him there. But what do you think about the game coming Monday night, man? I think that. We talk about the Raiders here at 7-5. and five. That is going to be a huge game because although I think they did add that one extra uh, wild card game or wild card team this year, am I not mistaken, Sean? They did, yep. So now you're getting that third wild card team. So if you look here, the Raiders are 7-5 and five with the Colts 8-4. and four. I mentioned earlier that they beat the Colts. They tie them, and both of them have an 8-5 and five record. But don't sleep at the Browns. You know, they lose <laughs> Odell Beckham with the ACL, but they're sitting here at 9-3. and three. While it seems like... It, it seems like the Baltimore Ravens get a lot of the attention, but they're at seven and five in third place. You know what? In the AFC North, as the Browns are nine and three. So the Raiders definitely need this win, like you mentioned, Sean, against the Colts. And then the Ravens are going to be looking, you know, if the Ravens can beat the Browns, you're going to have the, the and the Raiders beat the, the Colts, you're going to have the Colts, the Raiders, and the Browns all sitting at 8-5 and five in the hunt trying to catch the Browns. So the AFC, Sean, is looking like a close, close race, man. Do you have any thoughts on the AFC race or that game that I mentioned in particularly with the, with the Browns and, and the Ravens, man? What do you think about that? I'm still holding to my statement that the Browns are the worst 9-3 and football team I've ever seen. I mean, I love Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chubb is one of, if not the best, back in football. He's a straight beast. But I just don't like the Browns. I mean, you know, they're a home dog this week, and I think there's a reason for it. I think the, Raisin, the Ravens are going to win this week. Uh, I see a two-and-a-half-point spread. 
So it does put a little bit of pressure on the Raiders. But then again, as I mentioned earlier, the Raiders have a pretty favorable matchup uh, schedule-wise down the stretch. And also this week, they can go and get a win. So hopefully they can. But just that AFC, I think while the NFC maybe has the best division in the NFC West, I think collectively there's a bigger uh, product in the AFC right now with all those teams, Colts, Browns, Miami, Raiders, Ravens. Like Those are all pretty, you know, they're all good teams. So, I mean, it's going to be tough, I think. It's going to suck for that one or two teams that don't get into the playoffs because they're going to be, you know, very deserving. And there's going to be a good chance that, you know, a 500 team isn't going to get into the playoffs. I mean, I don't know about a nine win team. But right now, you know, it's looking like nine is like the magic number. And if you can get to nine, specifically looking at the Raiders and the Ravens, try to go two and four, two and two, the end of the stretch, maybe three and one, you'll be able to work your way into the playoffs. So we'll see, man. It's going to be a fun uh, last four weeks. And the Bills coming off that Niners win, as I mentioned, down there in uh, Arizona, laying two at home against Pittsburgh. So we'll see how Pittsburgh rebounds coming off that loss. Uh, To be honest with you, though, Sean, I can actually see Pittsburgh maybe losing two in a row here. I know they want I know that I know they want I know they want to wrap their heads around their loss and try to get it together. But you're facing a pretty uh good buffalo bills team here with buffalo only laying two it's gonna be close i'm sure that if pittsburgh wouldn't have lost that game last week and if they would have prevailed and been victorious i think that this game would have been closer to an even uh spread but since that buffalo did handle business and pittsburgh got their first loss of the season that's why i think i'm seeing uh buffalo here as a short favorite so if you have any thoughts on that game sean or any of these other games kind of them i mean a lot of them like you mentioned are kind of meaningless the buccaneers minus six and a half are gonna try to handle business against minnesota which is still in the hunt but uh what do you think sean to kind of end out nfl and get into a little bit of a college well, actually, it was the last game I was going to bring up was that Buffalo game. So I think it's going to be a battle of two very, very tush, tough smash mouth teams. And I actually agree. I think Pittsburgh is going to lose their second game of the season. I think the way Buffalo plays with a lot of play action, they actually try to start establishing the pass before the run. It's actually going to help them, especially with Josh Allen. He can run a little bit. He's pretty mobile. So it's going to help with uh, Watt running after him probably the whole damn football game. But if they can just kind of stretch that defense out a little bit with that play action and try to find some creases in the run, and they themselves have a good defense, and it's going to probably be a colder day in Buffalo, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh uh, went and lost their second football game. I mean, Pittsburgh, to a degree, kind of got exposed last week. I'm not saying exposed to where they're going to suck down the stretch. I still think they're going to probably make the AFC Championship versus Kansas City. But, like, in this football game specifically – you know, Buffalo is a damn good football team right now. And with the confidence they have, I think that they're going to be able to come out victorious you know, for Pittsburgh. I mean, as simple as that. I'm not saying anything about bad about Pittsburgh, but, you know, they have some injuries on that defensive side that's hurting them a little bit. James Conner, he was hurt. He didn't play last week. I don't know if it was hurt or if it was COVID, but he didn't play last week. Juju isn't the player we thought he was. Get a little pressure on Ben. His mobility is very limited at you know this point in his career. So uh, I think Buffalo will be able to pull that one out. It'll be a which, fun game to watch also. Which still surprises me with Big Ben Roethlisberger, 38 years old. 30, man. Crazy. Dude, Miami of Ohio, man. I, yeah. 
And there it is, Sean, giving his uh, lean with the Buffalo Bills at minus two and also giving you his, uh, I guess you could say lock, but probably I wouldn't consider it too much of a lock, although he might want to think it is. But I'm going to save you <laughs> from that one, Sean. Uh, I'd say with his stronger lean with the Miami Dolphins at plus seven, and he also likes his uh, R, sorry, not his, but R, Las Vegas Raiders plus three against the Colts. I'm giving you guys the San Francisco 49ers minus two because I think that the Washington football team is coming off a high and the Niners are coming off a low. And those are the games that I like to play. Keep that in mind, comic bookie fans, when you're looking for plays, keep that in mind. Junkyard dogs against teams coming off huge wins. But yeah, Sean, you got another one or not? That's it. No, that's that's all that's all I get this week. <laughs> Let's get to the other side of the pit skin here, guys. College, man. I mentioned it earlier. You got the college football playoff. You got Alabama, Sean, at number one. You got Notre Dame at number two, which I I mean, I obviously I think it's kind of crazy to me that Notre Dame is at number two. I think it's because of that Clemson win, which uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Yeah. I don't know if, if they had that loss. I would definitely. They're un, you know, they're undefeated, but if they had a loss, I they're think all playoffs. Yeah, A and M and Florida would be in as they're sitting out just outside in five and six. But you got Clemson and Ohio State rounding out the third and the fourth, depending on which poll you look at. Sean, I know you got a couple uh, comments nor remarks on this one what do you think man you mentioned something in pre-production about how the committee is just trying to trying to work a way to get that big 10 team in there which they always seem to do you know it's just just expand it in my opinion just expand it man uh it's just disappointing i mean i love college football i obviously don't watch it as much as pros but just all the politics involved they had some ruling about two months ago with the whole covid situation that they wanted teams to uh, mandatory play six games to become playoff eligible and all of a sudden they want to change it because the michigan and ohio state game got canceled they assumed ohio state was going to win move the six and oh make them eligible so now they pretty much said hey we're still going to make you a playoff team basically and they have my number four and it just really disappoints me because it takes away from a lot of great things that other teams have done that deserve to be there, to have actually played a lot longer uh, this season. Eight and one Clemson, uh, Florida eight and one, Texas A&M, another good football team this year. And not to say Ohio State shouldn't be there from the standpoint that yeah, they're just that damn good. But it just takes away from like the integrity of the game to me. It's like you can't just have a team there because you know they're gonna sell it because they're gonna sell seats. Is it because it's just a sex appeal? It's Ohio State, like. Who's not to say a 5-0 and Ohio State team doesn't deserve to be there more than a 5-0 and San Jose State team? I mean, you only played five games. Like, I'm sorry the COVID situation sucks, but at the same time, you kind of haven't done what you're supposed to. Two months ago, you said you had to play six games. What's the difference between two months and now? I mean, Iowa State, another 8-1 and team. So, I mean, you could go down the road. I mean, Miami Hurricanes, 7-1. and all teams that have played five, six, seven, eight, even nine games. So that's just my two cents. I really don't have much to say about the whole college season at this point. Just seeing something like that, it's just really discouraging and disappointing. Again, it sucks for the kids, 
you know, obviously having to miss games because of COVID, but to still kind of be rewarded just because of the team you're on, I don't know. That just doesn't seem fair to me. And not to drag on college football too long. We know we're getting uh, listeners all over the globe now, so they probably don't even care anything about college football. But nonetheless, we are going to be having some footy news for you guys coming up here in a little bit, so stay tuned. But back to college, Sean. The thing that I believe that sucks, in my opinion, is that, as I mentioned, Notre Dame, and I know uh, our co-host Mike's brother, Stephen, down there in Arizona, isn't going to want to hear this. But Notre Dame, in my opinion, I don't believe they deserve to be 10-0. and 0. They've had such close games. I mean, they won, what was it, like 12-5 to 5 or 12-7 to 7 against Louisville mm-hmm. earlier in the season. I think that Notre Dame really isn't as good as their record shows 10 and 0 yes but in my opinion if Clemson would have beat them and that record would have been you know 9 and 1 i think that Ohio State Texas A&M and Florida would have had a better chance of getting in and this is the whole reasoning that i have of why they only expanded to 8 teams because you know uh Texas A&M you know, the coach, he came over from Florida State, right? Jimbo Fisher, and he's kind of built, you know, they paid him a lot of money down there at College Station down there in Texas, you know? So I think that he's actually, what they're paying him is is coming to fruition with a 7-1 record. And Kellen Mond, you know, he he's really adapted and really grown into his role as the quarterback there at Texas A&M. So I think that they deserve to have a chance. I think that Jimbo, Kellen Mond, I think that that team deserves a chance to be fighting for a chance to win for a, a national title. But Ohio State at 5-0, and you know, sitting in the picture right now and A&M and Florida sitting out with Florida doing an awesome job as well in that hard conference, which is the SEC. I just think that, you know, the committee got to get it right this time. Ohio State, you haven't played enough games. Hey, that's your fault, and that's your commissioner's fault. That's the whole Big Ten's fault, along with the Pac-12, for delaying these games and starting the season so damn late. You know, if you start the season earlier, you could have had time for makeup games. You guys didn't want to do it. You guys were Corona bros, you know, and, and it is what it is now. But you can't tell me that an Ohio State deserves to be there with a 5-0 and record in a playoff spot over Florida or Texas A&M, which only one loss, but have played two, three more games. Uh, I mean, I don't want to rant on too much, Sean. If you have anything else, we can kind of go over it. If not, we can go on. But, uh, yeah, that's just my opinion. The committee, they suck every year. They, they, they want to get these big names in. Uh, but we need to expand it to eight teams. We we, we have to. It, it'll just make better all the – you know – Talking about better for making better. Talk about the betters. You got an extra weekend in there. A team gets a buy, whatnot. You're generating more money for the casinos, for all the you know the live wagers and whatnot for the 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 bookies. But I just think that we got to get the eight teams in there, man. Eventually, I think it's gonna change. Four teams isn't enough. Obviously, we see it year after year that more than four teams are viable to 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 fight for a spot in the college football playoffs. So, yeah, man, just uh, make it happen, man. Yeah, you take the words right out of my mouth before we uh, go to the next thing. I just think that's the only resort you can go to is move to an eight-team uh, format because if you're going to be 
kind of punishing other teams at the expense of Ohio State who hasn't reached what you guys mandated, six games. I mean, you can't take that away from other teams that have been just as successful, if not more successful, in more played games this season. So, yeah, you just got to change it to an eight-game format, and it should be like that anyways. More games, more money, more you know content for people. So it kind of solves the problem, but just the whole integrity thing is just really disappointing how I mentioned earlier. So kind of what Mark just said, you know, don't just consider those eight games. Just make the change because it's coming sooner or later. Yeah, and just to round it out real quick to give you guys some quick uh, lines, the 2020-2021 NCAA National Championship winner, Alabama, is almost even at plus 105. Clemson, plus 275. Are we going to see a repeat of that again? Ohio State, as we just mentioned, 5-1. to Notre Dame, 7-1. to Florida, 18-1, to and as well as Texas A&M. I mean, those are pretty much the only six teams worth mentioning. Sean, do you have any uh, play on that? Is there any team that you think uh, would win or that you think has any value? Alabama seems to be the clear cut. I wouldn't be dropping 7-1 to one on Notre Dame. Uh, I'd be looking at either 5-1 to one on Ohio State because they probably are going to get in despite what we just talked about. But if you're looking for value, I'd like Florida at 18-1. But uh, it's hard to look past Alabama, man, this year. They're just uh, kind of clicking on all cylinders, as they seem to always do every year. Yeah, the value pick is Florida. But, I mean, it's just who can compete with Alabama. And this year, it's actually they're just far and above better than everybody offensively, defensively. That Najee Harris-led you know, run game with uh, – the quarterback play, receiver play. I mean, they're just clicking on all cylinders. So, I mean, you can find all these different value picks. But right now, it's just it's Alabama's to win. I mean, <laughs> Notre Dame to me is like the Browns. They're like the worst. Like, <laughs> they're like the worst uh. good team in football. Like, you know, they're undefeated, but they wouldn't stand a chance versus uh, Alabama, in my opinion. There it is, fans. From the pigskin to the hardwood. Let's get into a little bit of NBA, Sean. What do you think, man? We got the season starting up. We got one of our star players here in the Bay Area down with the opposite leg ACL injury and Klay Thompson as his ex-teammate is uh, going to make his debut for the Brooklyn Nets alongside Kyrie Irving. Uh, what do you think, man? We got the season starting up on the 22nd with uh, just that. You know, you got the Golden State Warriors at Brooklyn and the Lakers and the Lakers at home against the Clippers with PG-13 getting that huge contract. Anything you want to say about this upcoming basketball season? Anything you want to preview? Russell Westbrook is a Washington uh, uh, bullet now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean, I think I think I think I think Russell Westbrook is going to do the. the farewell. Uh, he's doing. He's he's already doing the farewell. He's just hitting every team. You know how uh, every team when the farewell when tour, man. The farewell farewell tour. He's already just doing it before he announces retirement. This guy's gonna get on every damn team. You know, every year he gets that one year contract. The locker room gets sick of him. And he's on to the next, but. What have you, man? What do you say, Sean, in this upcoming NBA season? I know in pre-production you think that the Lakers have loaded up again with your boy uh, Montrell Harris or, or uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, the Lakers are definitely the team to be. You know, they got Montrezl Harrell. They got Schroeder in the offseason. They got Marcus Gasol. They're intoxicating Paul Gasol, even if he doesn't play. And you still got Anthony Davis and LeBron. I mean, they're, they're obviously going to be the front runners. But just the season, man, we're two weeks away. They're starting uh, in two Tuesdays. And the opening night's going to be fun with the Battle of L.A. with the Clippers and Lakers. And, of course, uh, the earlier game, our Golden State Warriors starting fresh. You know, last season was definitely a season to forget. But we are visiting the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant's first game in two seasons. So it's going to be just a fun all-around game. I think just there's a lot of excitement, I think, this upcoming season, even though it was the shortest break in NBA history between two seasons. But especially as the Warrior fans, you know, we kind of don't know what to expect. But again, there's a lot of excitement. No Clay, but now you have Oubre. You have Wiggins once, you know, coming into his own as a Warrior now. You get Draymond back. You get Steph back. And, of course, Wiseman. So I just think a lot of excitement. Uh, and I think it's a good opportunity for Kerr to really show, you know, how good of a coach he is, the brains that he has. We definitely have a playoff-talented roster. And again, you know, it's a shortened season with 72 games. So we're going to have to just, you know, squeeze that lemon and get as much juice as we can out of every player. If you can get about 65 games out of, you know, your Curries and Draymonds, you're going to be in a good spot. I know there's a lot less back-to-backs. So it should be a good situation for uh, us as fans to see the product on the court. And again, you know, that Tuesday game in Brooklyn, I know, I don't know about you, I'm definitely going to be watching it, that Curry versus uh, Durant, which people are going to try to make a little rivalry and turn into something, but it's going to be just fun, man. I'm sure next week we'll kind of dig into it and get all the fun details about the upcoming season, but right now it's kind of just the appetizer. In that game on the 22nd, Sean, Golden State Warriors are plus five and a half favorites as it stands Mm -hmm. right now going up against Brooklyn. I'd be looking at the Warriors in that situation. Warriors going to win that basketball game. Exactly. The money line is plus 185 for the Warriors, minus 230 for the Nets. But I think the Nets, uh, the Warriors, they... Although their team has changed so much since Durant and since the championship winning, you know, um, dynasty of the Warriors, but the core is still there. The coaching is still there. Curry is still there. And I just think that what they're going to have to offer in that first game of the season, I mean, pretty it pretty much is the first game of the regular season on the 22nd. Literally the first game. You know, and then... Uh, We'll talk about it more next week, but then on the on the 25th, sorry, on Christmas, on Friday, that's going to be an awesome day with awesome games, with Brooklyn also playing Boston in that game, the middle game of the day, in the Golden States playing Milwaukee. You got L.A. at Denver, the Clippers at Denver, and Los Angeles Lakers at home against Luka Doncic. It's, I mean, it's going to be a great game, a great uh day on christmas as it always is with the nba but uh let's get into a couple futures here guys sean you mentioned that you think lakers are going to win it again they're plus 210 favorites the nets the nets sean we just said that the warriors are going to beat them the first game and they're sitting here at five and a half to one to be your 2021 nba champion is that the second best odds that's the second best odds right next to the Bucks at six to one, the Clippers at six and a half to one, followed closely by the Celtics, 16, Miami, 18, and the Warriors as well, 18 to one to win it's this championship. It's a sex appeal roster. I mean, you got Kyrie who hasn't finished a full season in years and you got Durant who, yeah, when he's on the court is, 
unstoppable. But, you know, he's coming off an Achilles injury. He obviously took a lot, you know, longer than a year recovering, which is good for him. That's a talent that you want back 110% just for, your, you know, for pure fan enjoyment. But, no, I – They'll be a playoff team. I mean, that's Durant and Kyrie, but they're definitely not a championship team yet. I don't know about that supporting cast if they're there yet. And, you know, you just don't know if those players are going to finish the season. Those guys are always hurt. But right now, I mean, even though it's maybe odds that you would even want better value because you're still in the offseason, I still roll with the Lakers, man, even though we don't want it to happen. But you know what? I'll say honestly that I think this NBA season coming up, we mentioned last season how fun it was to be in the bubble. I think that it gave us for great uh, entertainment. As we mentioned, you know, the Utah Jazz, uh, the Denver Nuggets, they were real good entertainment. Our boy Tyler Hero, shout out Vij. Vij. Uh, <laughs> shout out. Uh, we think that the, the bubble, it was just real good. And I think that this upcoming season, although a lot of these teams, you know, the Phoenix Suns are going to be fun to watch at 40 to 1. I, 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 you got the Utah Jazz still sitting at 40 to 1, which, I mean, with their push last year, I think that. Those are kind of like decent value with the Mavericks at 20 to one with Luka Doncic. And we're going to see, I think they're going to keep improving. The Philadelphia 76ers are like going to be a whole new team now with Doc Rivers at the helm. Although I don't know how good they're going to be, but Houston Rockets, who knows what they're going to be. I just think it's going to be a fun season coming up. Uh, The Pelicans uh with their team and and zion and how they're gonna improve at 80 to 1 i mean wow i just think that uh, it might be the lakers again it might not it might be the clippers this time with Kawhi. it might not but nonetheless i think it's gonna be a really really exciting season uh probably even more exciting than it was in the bubble down there in orlando man uh, that's going to be hard to match, but I definitely agree. That bubble was fun. I mean, you talked about it week in and week out on the podcast. And as long as they can kind of recover the way that we want them to in this offseason, just so we can get that product that we want, man, they can just continue what they did in the bubble and just kind of make that the constant in a regular NBA season. No breaks. I'm excited, too. I think it's going to be a really good season. Some of the transactions that's happened, you know, makes some teams a lot better. I mean, you know, Washington with Brody, you know, Westbrook and Beal, it's a fun little team. Probably not a championship team, but again, you know, it makes teams better, so it makes it fun. Uh, Zion with New Orleans, probably not a playoff team, but again, exciting basketball. The Suns getting Chris Paul. Telling you, man, Aiton, Chris Paul, and the Booker, they probably just became a playoff team just right there. So, yeah, definitely excited just from the fan perspective. I mean, Basketball for me has been nothing but just liking more and more and more and more. The Warriors getting good and kind of seeing the development when we got Steph, Clay, and Dre got me back into the sport a whole lot more. Just like, hey, we had a fun little group of players and the championships came. But now it's just the sport as a whole. Like, it's just fun right now. A lot of young talent, a lot of good quality teams, even though you have those like superstar teams. It's like, damn, we're not really talking too much about, oh man, it's the Warriors. You know, from the outside looking in, they got Clay, Dre, Steph, and KD. You know, you actually have a lot of good teams with really good standout players. So it makes it fun as a fan. And a lot of teams trying to build is that, man. Definitely. Brother, let's get to a matchup on the pitch, man. We had a couple good ones this week. 
and we're going to have a couple good ones coming forward, although we don't know what they are yet because the quote-unquote uh, draw hasn't been selected yet from the FIFA Federation or whatnot. But what do you think, Sean, going forward with the UEFA Champions League, man? We all know who is in. We know who is transferring going forward. Uh, Man United, unfortunately, gets snubbed. They can't score enough uh, goals. And, uh, man, once again, they're going to have to be going into Europa. But uh, my Liverpool Reds, they advance. Uh, a couple other English teams advance. We got uh, Ronaldo versus Messi maybe for the last time that they're talking about when Juve went to Camp Nou to visit Barcelona. What do you think about this Champions League season so far, Sean, that we've gotten through these group stages? What do you think going forward? Is uh, Bayern a clear-cut favorite again with their 16 points to you know, to, to win uh, again? Uh, what do you think, man? Share with the fans your thoughts on the Champions League seasons thus far. Well, for our fans who are not aware of the full list, the 16 teams who did advance, I'm going to quickly go through them just so you guys do know. Uh, Bayern, Atletico de Madrid, Real Madrid, Borussia, Mönchengladbach, Porto, Man City, Liverpool, Atlanta, and we're not talking about Georgia, Atlanta, uh, Chelsea, Sevilla, Borussia, Dortmund, Lazio, Juventus, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain, and of course, RB Leipzig. And yeah, I mean, looking at the teams that went to the next round, they kind of were the teams that should have got there, with the exception of maybe like a Man United, who they have the players. We know the talent. Sorry, Mike. It's just, you know, three wins and three draws. Sneak in, or three wins and three losses. Sorry. Sneak in a couple of draws, and, you know, you're going to put yourself in a better position. But just looking at these teams as a whole, I think Borussia Dortmund, is uh, definitely not surprise him to get to the next round, but I think they can go pretty far because that young uh, talent with Sancho, young uh, Reina, and Holland on top. But I think the team in Germany to be, and possibly the team to be in the whole world is Bayern Munich. Uh, you mentioned earlier the clear-cut favorite. Well, they are. I mean, they're Plus the top. 275 to win it, Sean. Yeah, and there's a reason why, man. I mean, they were the champions last year. I think they got the trouble with the German League, German Cup, uh, the obviously Champions League when they beat uh, Paris Saint-Germain. And they're just a super strong team. They didn't lose nobody, and they're just really super good. I mean, kind of like cliche, like, oh, they're just a good team. Yeah, they're they're just that freaking good. It was a really shortened uh, soccer season between last season and this season, the break. And they're still clicking from last season. They're doing good in the campaign. And right now they're doing good in the Champions League. So a lot of fun things to look forward to. I know the draw is coming up soon. So we'll be able to find out who our favorite teams are going to be facing. I know uh, there's some good possibilities. Uh, Liverpool especially. They could go and face another team in England like Chelsea. They can go off and play Juventus. Maybe Barcelona. Who knows? But I know that the draw will have a lot of excitement for us as fans. But real, real quick, to go to this one match that everyone is talking about and how could we not, the Battle of the Goats, Ronaldo and Juventus facing Barcelona this past week. You know, let's be honest, man. That might be the last time we get to see two of the greatest, arguably the greatest ever go at it. And despite Ronaldo getting the 3 and nothing win and him scoring two of those goals, it's just good to see, like, 
just the competitiveness, man. I mean, he got interviewed after the game, and you kind of just see, like, the transition and, like, him talking about him and Messi having respect for each other, their fans. They actually don't see each other as rivals, yet they use each other to kind of motivate each other. They openly say they think they're the best in the world, so it kind of, like, helps them one-up each other. And, you know, we're in a special generation. You know, those are your LeBron James. Those are your Michael Jordans of their sport. And we're not talking about just, you know, the U.S. sport. This is the world sport. You go anywhere in the world, you bring up the name Messi and Ronaldo, you know, chances are that people are going to know who it is. So it's just a special thing to have that. And I guess it's kind of cool knowing that Ronaldo's a Portuguese like us. <laughs> I mean, you just look at Ronaldo's followers or whatnot on social media. I mean, he's almost up there, I think, close to like 100 million or something. I mean, he he's on the same numbers with Kim Kardashian in them when – you know, we got like our superstars out here in in our sports, but they might be pushing like 30 million, 40 million. But I mean, these superstars from, like you said, Sean, the world sport, they're really, you know, they're really they're globally known. And and man, just what this sport brings excitement wise. The one thing that I always say that I love about soccer is you get 45 minutes halftime 45 minutes it's over you get about you know it takes about two hours you watch a fun field game although people say like how can i watch a game that's zero zero when it's fun but i mean it might be zero zero but there was a lot of excitement in that game with chances and whatnot and some of these goals that are scored are just you know they're beautiful for the beautiful game man and I just want to run down a couple of numbers for you guys. I mentioned that Bayern Munich was a plus 275 favorite to win the Champions League this season. Manchester City coming in at a 4-1 to one with Liverpool next there at 6-1. to one. You got PSG, your runner-up last year, losing to Bayern Munich at 9-1. to one. Chelsea, Pulisic-led, 12-1. to one. And it's kind of sad. I mean, I wouldn't say sad, but it's kind of rare to see... Uh, Ronaldo led Juventus down here at 14 to one. Real 14 to one, same odds as his old team. Atletico with Felix up there at the helm, uh, 16 to one, and Barcelona, which uh, I think is uh, on the downfall lately, also at 16 to one. So, Sean, do you have any uh, any leans here that you might like? Any value plays? I think that Liverpool sitting at six to one is a little bit of a value. But at the same time, with their injuries, I mean, I bleed red, but I don't know if they're going to be able to contend with some of these teams with a Juventus or a PSG or a Bayern if they don't got Van Dyke back there, you know, leading that defense and with uh, Alexander Arnold not as healthy and all that Cantara and uh, and all of them, you know, they they got a lot of injuries lately to be sitting there at six to one. But you never know. What do you who do you like, Sean? Well, I think the thing for them is what you just said, just simply getting healthy, because I think that's the funnest matchup. If you can get to the end of the road in the Champions League final and you have Liverpool versus Borussia, or Borussia versus Bayern Munich, uh, the champions from two years ago versus the champions of last year, I still like Liverpool because they're actually slowly getting healthy. Hopefully they got to that hump that who got hurt got hurt, who got COVID got COVID. Now let's kind of just get back in form, kind of get your next matchup, hopefully someone a little easier, and you guys can kind of just – Again, get healthy, come out victorious, and just go from there. I think the surprise team right now that, man, they're pretty freaking good is Chelsea. If you look at the way they're playing right now, I know they have uh, 
That new goalkeeper, I can't think what his name is off the top of my head, but this guy has clean sheets left and right. They're scoring goals. Uh, Polistic slowly getting healthy. They have Timo Warner. They have uh, Olivier Giroud still. And that's just the name. A, that's just the name. A couple players. They're just full of talent on that team. Lampard has done a great job since going there. It's just crazy seeing how some of these players who I was watching just a handful of years ago are now, you know, the managers of all these top teams. And again, they're doing really, really good. They won their uh, group by one point over Sevilla. So I think that might be my sleeper team is Chelsea. Definitely twelve to one. I like Chelsea. I think they're sitting in third place at the Premier League with Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspurs uh, tied uh, at the top. But yeah, Chelsea. I think they've really been turning it around. I think they've been making the right moves, and uh, it could be the Reds and the Blues going forward in the Premier League <laughs> season. But we're gonna bring you guys a lot more going forward with the Champions League. Let's get into a little bit of asphalt. Quick news for you guys, not to spend too much time. The season's not even here yet, but NASCAR has announced that they are dropping. Once again, let's bring him up, Mr. Gavin Newsom. I'm pretty sure he has a huge part of playing in why uh, why, uh, NASCAR cannot race at California Auto Club Speedway down there in Fontana on the 28th of February. This race has been slated earlier and earlier, it seems like, on the schedule every season. Like I said this year, I think it was going to be February 28th. It is getting replaced with Homestead Miami, which I believe was supposed to be the week after. So now, Sean, you were getting uh, three straight races to start off the season down there in Florida. Mr. Uh, Ron DeSantis seems to be getting a lot of praise these days for keeping his state open. And uh, so far... uh, uh, people have been staying alive down there. So what do you think? Uh, you got the Daytona 500 and all the festivities that lead up to it in those two weeks with the Gatorade duels and with the, um, uh, what is it? The duels and, uh, damn, damn it, I can't even think of it right now. The anyway, clash. the clash and the, thank you, Sean, you got the clash and the duels and then you got the, uh, road course and then you got Homestead Miami to round out Florida Coming back to uh, not California, Vegas, baby, Vegas, baby, which I don't know. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. Uh, We're trying (laughs) to get to Vegas. (laughs) We're trying to get to Vegas for a very special moment. But what do you think, Sean? Uh, It's not going to happen. It sucks that that's one of my favorite tracks, one of the best races. They get five wide down there in Fontana. But what do you think, man? Uh, it just sucks because it seems like there may have been just a lack of effort or maybe not strategically setting up this schedule. Kind of common sense. I mean, we obviously know how impacted COVID's done to California and also how extreme our politicians get with this. So why would you not strategically probably schedule it towards the back end of the season? Uh, it is what it is. I'm just going to kind of keep my opinions to myself before I make enemies. <laughs> maybe people agree with me. Who knows? But to start the first three weeks in Florida, I mean, yes, the state's definitely done a great job to, uh, again, keep events open, keep things running as you know close to normal as possible. But it's just like, damn, man, you kind of want to spread things out a little bit. I don't know. It's just, that's my opinion. It's cool that you do eventually go to Vegas and the Phoenix and then back to Atlanta. But, you know, you don't see California until you get to Sonoma. And that's not going to be all the way until June. 
So, hey, June, you know, maybe things are a little better. Hey, maybe there's, you know, a vaccine that most people can get. Why the that's hell would you put? That's the only reason why they haven't canceled Sonoma yet, because it's so far out on the calendar that they're hoping that things can be, can, uh, you know, kind of calmed down by the summer, which is a good thing. Please don't go cancel all California races. And that's the thing. Why don't you just, and that's where you just, oh, maybe we should put maybe Fontana, Sonoma back to back. Hell, why not? We're doing three Florida races in the same you know, three weeks span. So, I mean, again, it's cool that it's finally came out, but it's a little disappointing. I definitely say that. Yeah, it definitely is. But, you know, NASCAR, I, in my opinion, I think that uh, they're doing what they have to do to stay proactive, not reactive in this mm-hmm. whole situation. You know what I mean? So, if they already know that California, if they already know that Newsom's gonna be the way that he is, why not already Avoid start? Now. You have to start. You have to start doing something to the schedule to align Homestead, Miami, and align Daytona, and get all the Vegas and get everybody to be on board with all the realignments. So, uh, shout out to NASCAR, like I said, for being proactive and not reactive about the situation, Sean. Your driver is the reigning champion, so uh, I know you're excited for the 2021 season. Shout out, Mr. Chase Elliott, and uh, I know myself and especially our co-host Mike going forward is going to be uber excited with his driver returning after uh, the hiatus that he had and returning to a powerhouse organization, which is Mr. Hendrick Motorsports, man. Uh, you know, it's a uh, powerhouse you know, organization with a powerhouse driver. I mean, Larson didn't just forget how to drive overnight. He made a mistake. You know, he served the time. And again, you know, not to get too much into it, but I definitely don't think he's a racist. Made a huge mistake. And, you know, it's a it's a young talent of the sport. It's one of those Chase Elliott talents. And he's going to be good for NASCAR, simply put. He, he's the guy who can go out in the first race and win. He's that good. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We're definitely excited that the season's back. Obviously, on my end, with Chase winning the championship, very, very excited. And we'll just see what happens. You know, hardest thing to do is obviously repeat, but that's the goal for Chase. And, you know, for all our, race, all our racers, Logano, Chase, and now with Larson back, Mike's going to be uh, getting a new Larson hat, I'm sure, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and Larson definitely is a powerhouse. We saw how many races he run uh, and won, run and won on the dirt as he took his hiatus and served his suspension from NASCAR and whatnot. But, Sean, speaking of powerhouses, let's get into it. Uh, it's time to get into the entertainment and comic side of the podcast. Sports have wrapped up. I hope you guys enjoyed it, fans. But nonetheless... Speaking of powerhouses, there's two that we want to talk about, but the first one here, we're going to be talking about our sponsor once again. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by The Powerhouse in Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Once again, check them out, Alex at TreasureIslandComics.com, at TI Comics on social media. Check them all out for all of your new releases, all your trade paperbacks, and all your back issues. You can get them delivered. You can get them curbside only, or you can go in-store Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Once again, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Check them out. Sean, let's get into it, man. A couple of books, as we always do it in the beginning of the comic book section We got books coming at you. We got a couple reviews that we got for you. We got a couple news. 
stay tight for that. But nonetheless, let's get into it. We got new releases this week, Wednesday, December 10th. We got coming at you from DC Comics. We got Detective Comics 1032. We got for Sean, The Flash 767, American Vampire 1976, number three, Wonder Woman 768, and a DC's very multi multiverse, which is a one shot coming at you from Marvel, which uh, this is probably the least of the news that Marvel has released this week. But nonetheless, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number 54, Venom, Venom number 31, Strange Academy number six. Amer- Captain Marvel, the 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 uh, Brie Larson list, Captain Marvel number twenty four. We'll get into that later as well. The Avengers number thirty nine, and coming at to you with a couple other publishers. Image crossover two. I know me and Mike are gonna be ecstatic to get into that one. Donny Cates, one of his favorite writers right now, giving us that one. IDW shooting you with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one twelve and Scare Hood number two. I think uh, we both uh, – I think Mike pulled that. I think I did too, but I didn't get it. I'm going to have to check with Alex on that one. Boom Studios, Firefly 23, Seven Secrets, number five, Mighty Morphin, number two, and one of our favorite publishers, as always, AWA hitting you with Year Zero, Volume 2, number two, and Bite Size, number one. Sean, I know you haven't picked up your books because you just tied the knot. Comics and entertainment and streaming have been the last piece of your, <laughs> on your mind yeah. as you're uh, as you're putting your gonads in your wife's coach bag. But uh, <laughs> well said. <laughs> Nonetheless, man, are there any books that you are looking forward to? Like Mike says every week, are you looking forward to any of them? Are you want to review some that you have read? Are you excited? Are you uh, mad? Uh, do you have anything to say about your comic book uh, uh, escapades in this last couple weeks, man? Well, generally, I get right into the books I want to review, but there definitely are two specific books I'm, of course, excited for. Uh, Mighty Morphin number two, and I got, I got the number one. It just completely brought back the childhood memories of watching the Power Rangers show, you know. Uh, definitely a cool little story. I mean, you know, it's a cool little story. It'll be one to read, and you know, number two, number three, I think will kind of give me an idea, like how how good it is, how much of opportunity there is. If it's something I want to keep reading, but I'm definitely excited for number two, and of course, Strange Academy number six coming out this week. That's something that Mike and I are really, really enjoying. Uh, the kids uh, fighting the Hollows and that fun little aspect of the story. So really excited about that. How about you, brother? Any books specifically? Yeah, you mentioned Strange Academy. I want to mention Strange Adventures. That one was really good. I know that you're going to be picking it up. Mike is probably going to be getting to it soon as well. I'm the only one that have read it, but uh, F you guys because I'm going to say something about it. <laughs> as you should, brother. You Go know, we're, we're seven issues in. We're about to get into the eighth. It's a 12-issue mini uh, maxi series from Black Label here. But uh, we're kind of starting to get the story Adam Strange, he did do a little bit of dirt, you know, as Mr. Terrific and everybody is on the case, you know, looking out for and kind of on the case of trying to uh, accuse him of doing something, you know, killing someone, which I think is kind of coming to fruition here. But uh, I had a lot of fun with this book as well. Another one that 
I didn't think was going to end that way, but I loved coming you coming at you from Dark Horse with Spy Island. Me and Mike talked about this one. Uh, it's kind of weird how it kind of – I think that the story was a little bit better for the ending, which is kind of weird because I feel like usually stories are as good as the ending and the, if the ending's not better. But this book was definitely better throughout than the ending was with uh, me being kind of confused on if they killed the dad or not and the Kraken and whatnot. But uh, if you guys uh, haven't read it, it's Spy Island from Dark Horse. It's uh, four issues. It's a mini series. If you want to pick it up, I recommend it, although the ending wasn't exactly what I anticipated. But the ending of Dead Body Road coming out of Image Comics was what I anticipated. This was a, a story that, like I mentioned last week, I didn't read until I had all the issues because I missed out on issue two. So I waited till I got three, four, five and two. And, you know, I just got six. But uh, pretty good how it ended. You know, she fought for her brother the whole time. And then uh, her brother at the end, uh, does he survive or doesn't he? Let's get up to you guys. I want you guys to check it out. It's Dead Body Road by Justin Jordan and Benjamin Thiesma. Uh Really good, really good out of image. So those were probably the books that I actually really enjoyed, along with that Texas Blood as well was pretty good. And uh, yeah, man, I think that uh, a lot of things that we're looking forward to, I, it's a short uh, pull for me this week, Sean, with me only getting, I believe it was crossover and the flash and uh, another one or two books. So uh, I know that with Mike coming back next week out of his little uh, hibernation, we have a lot to discuss. We're going to have a lot to talk about with the uh, Batman Catwoman, that the new offering from Tom King that I know he's going to want to get into. He's going to want to get into Batman, obviously his favorite. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely get into those going forward, but we don't want to waste too much time on books right now because uh, it's been kind of hectic with you getting married and uh, and Mike being down in, in, in Temecula for uh, Thanksgiving and whatnot and all of us kind of doing our own things. We kind of been split up on books, so uh, uh, we're kind of all over the place. So we're going to save that till we all congregate next week on episode 92, giving you the fire before the holidays. But uh, nonetheless, man, we want to get into some news, man, that has shooken the world about a couple hours ago, man. We mentioned it earlier, and we're going to mention a lot. Of, <laughs> it's probably going to be the going uh, the going story, the, the forward going story for the rest of the podcast. But, Sean, uh, why don't you do the honors and let the fans know what we have uh Coming forward, uh, that was brought to you by Investors Day on on Disney Investors Day today, man. Well, it's just funny how the day progressed and more importantly, how the week progressed. I remember on Monday or Tuesday, I was talking about how the Disney stock was at an all time high, you know, without Disney parks really being open right now in California and in a lot of states. And then it kind of transitioned into like, dang, you know. HBO Max is still have a lot of different things they're coming out with all these movies going on to their platform. You know, here we are watching Mandalorian on Disney Plus. We're still, in, you know, waiting on what Disney's going to do with all their movies. Fast forward to today, Investor's Day, which I didn't even know was Investor's Day, but somebody knew because that stock is still up and they just shook the world like you just said. I mean, Loma Prieta pretty much indirectly just hit us today. 
because we just got hit with a wave of content that's going to be released over the next few years. Uh, Marvel pretty much just said we are who we are. Well, Marvel, sorry, Disney just pretty much established again why they are who they are. You know, King Dingling, basically. Uh, over the next few years, they're going to have 10 Marvel series confirmed release. And I know we've talked about a lot of things. Let me just say this real quick. We've already mentioned, oh, you know, the comic bookies, you guys already brought up that they're going to have that. We've brought up so many different things, but to kind of see the images, the trailers, the confirmations, the actors, the themes on a lot of them, it really just gives us the assurance, like, okay, these next few years are going to be awesome. But as I just mentioned, they're going to have 10 Marvel series coming out, 10 new Star Wars series, 15 Disney live-action Disney animation slash Pixar series, and I think that's including movies that they already have, like The Little Mermaid, etc. The only thing is you got to pay your extra dollar starting next March, as Mike or uh, sorry, as Mark mentioned to me in pre-production. But including uh, all the things that we're gonna get, as I mentioned earlier, it's worth it, guys. I mean, pay your seven to eight dollars, you're gonna have a just supply of stuff to watch. Mark, did you take that list down on what it is? All the different things. Because <laughs> I mean, dude, I was gonna, I, mean... I was, yeah, I was gonna write it down, but I didn't. But the lucky thing is that we do have social media, so I'm gonna go on my social media as we speak, because we are the comic bookies. We are live, and social media to a degree does control most people's life, and we have most of our content coming off of it. But some of the things to include is a new Fantastic Four movie, which is gonna be fun. There's obviously gonna be a Black Panther two. Chadwick Boseman will not be recasting in it, but I'm sure they'll do something special for him. There's going to be, obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. There's going to be a Thor 4, and Christian Bale has been confirmed into his role with that movie. Something really cool, because I know we were all uh, excited that Christian was going to be in it. And now it is confirmed. You're obviously going to have the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. You're going to have the WandaVision series. And that's going to actually be the first of the series that is released. And that is, I believe, on January 2nd. There's going to be a Hawkeye, a Captain Marvel 2, a Secret Invasion, Moon Knight, Ironheart, She-Hulk, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Armor Wars, I Am Groot. And that's just to name a couple of them. Well, Sean, that's just that's for Marvel, man. You mentioned Doctor Strange, the multi the multiverse of madness in 2022. And then you got uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier original series on March 19th. Disney Plus as well. I mean, Brie Larson returns. I know you mentioned that she wasn't getting along with the cast, that they're not even sure if she's going to return. But you got you got her slated to come back in 2022 as well. I mean, it's just amazing with WandaVision January 15th, an original series as well as uh, Loki coming in May. Uh, I, I think you mentioned Ironheart, Ar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be a holiday special. I am Groot as well. You mentioned them. Uh, Secret Invasion. That's going to be uh, Nick Fury. I believe you're uh, Samuel L. He's back. He's back with that eye scratch from the cat. But uh, he can still see y'all. He sees y'all out there. But, man, just the news that they dropped on us. And, you know, Sean, it's not just it's from Hulu as well. It's from Pixar. It's from FX. Disney, they got 86.8 million subscribers on Disney Plus. 
But that's just on Disney Plus with Hulu across Disney Plus, Hotstar, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, which they own. Disney Direct to Consumer Services have over 137 million subscribers, Sean. With, well, when, when and it look, will launch more markets, including Eastern Europe, South Korea, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and more. Well, when you look at the product they have, Ramo, I mean, it speaks for itself. Their goal is, I think, to have like over 250 to 300 million subscribers by like 2024, 2025. And I know I mentioned all the Marvel. You just uh, added some extra details on the Marvel. But, I mean, how can I forget the Star Wars? Some of the new products include Rangers of the Republic. Spin-offs Ahsoka, of Mandalorian. Yep. Ahsoka, another favorite. Which is which is a spin-off of Rosario Dawson's character in The Mandalorian, if I'm not mistaken. There it is, sir. You're also going to have Visions, which I believe is going to be a Japanese anime-type show. You're also going to have Willow. You're going to have The Bad Batch, which I think is a spin-off off of Rogue One. And I think we're our favorite, guys, we're going to have a Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And the best part about it, we're going to get Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. So that is 10 years since we had a little bit of the Revenge of the Sith. I believe that is the one. Mike will definitely be doing the editing and correcting me. <laughs> but again, super, super fun stuff. And you can't forget the Disney slash Pixar. You're going to get a new Peter Pan and Wendy, a new Pinocchio. You're going to get a Iwaju, a new character. And there's a really, really fun one that, I mean, it's caught my attention. It's going to be called Encanta, coming out in 2022 in the fall, a Colombian-themed movie, a lot of fun colors. That's my biggest thing with Disney Plus, man. We've named, you know, about maybe 30, 35 of the 50 total things. Just go on our social media, by the way, and just check it out. Or you can go on all these different, uh, you know, pages and see for yourself. But it, it caters to everybody. You have adult stuff. You have kids stuff. And they're going to keep coming out with stuff. You know, we aren't controlled by TV. But we all love our shows. Let's be straight up. And this is just content that's going to be with us for, it looks like, the next four to five years. And it's going to be just a you know, shitload what, of fun for all of us, man. What are your opinions on this, though, Sean? Do you think that, in in your honest opinion, do they oversaturate the market right now, uh, for a lack of better words? Do you think that uh, with all this that they have released in this in the one day, do you think it's kind of like, I mean, who in our busy lives these days, Sean? You just got tie the knot. You're gonna be looking to have a little one these days. Uh, Mike and I already have little ones running around the houses and whatnot. But do you think that we're going to be oversaturated with so many? I mean, how many? I already know that and I don't watch much streaming. You and Mike obviously are the streaming guys. Everyone that listens to this podcast religiously would know that. But I mean, that's a good question for you, Sean. How much of these new shows do you think you're going to be watching? I mean, at $70 a year. You really can't go wrong, especially if you got little ones like Mike and I have. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they love all these shows. They, you know, uh, you know, I got Pixar. That's not we, we didn't even mention the Pixar news. Star Wars. Yes, we mentioned them. Right. They're also having we also didn't mention that Star Wars with the director from Wonder Woman 84 and Patty Jenkins that they're going to come out with the Rogue Squadron in December of 2023, and she's going to be right. director on that one. 
And so, Lando. Lando's getting his own spin-off. You see, guys, this is how this is what Disney Plus does to us. We have so much crap we can't even tell you. <laughs> Lando's getting his own show. How the hell did we forget about Lando? On top of Pixar, because Sean, you might have forgot that Disney is uh, owned by uh, Disney owns Pixar pretty yep. soon, pretty much as well. But their next, uh, their next, they're gonna include their next feature film in Luca, a celebration of the friendship between a boy named Luca and his best friend Alberto during an unforgettable summer, right? At the same time, you're gonna have coming out with the Lightning McQueen and Mater on a road trip across the country series, and I believe you also said Moana. And Moana not, is getting her own series, kids. And not to mention Chris Evans voicing Buzz Lightyear in a new series blasting into theaters on the 2022 in June. So, man, it, it, what they just released today across all their platforms, I don't know if it's just too much. But for me, it's kind of like, whoa, it was a lot to take in at one time, especially with the news being released, what, two to three hours right before we're about to record. We're still trying to process all this and deliver it to the fans, you know, so uh, bear with us if we got a little bit of, uh, of some news wrong or whatnot. But we're still trying to adapt to all the, all the news that has came out in the last couple hours here. Uh, it's just a big whoa. I think Disney, what they did today was just remind everybody, you know, that they are at the top of the mountain and they're going to pretty much do whatever it takes to stay there just because really they've established themselves as a household name. What they do is oversaturate us, people say, with all these different things. But look at the time frame. It's over the next four to five years. So, I mean, it's actually not like an over. So they're giving space. forward guidance. Yeah, they're now. giving you pretty much a timeline. And Mike's always great with providing us those images of like the actual timelines. I mean, not to forget, we have a blade coming out. You know, we have so many things that we didn't even mention that's coming out. So it's just like there is so much stuff that was released, you know, news wise today that doesn't include stuff that wasn't even said. That's I mean, it's just waiting in the works. So I think it's important to just kind of just enjoy it and appreciate it because it's something to watch. It's content. I mean, Mike says it. I say it as we're the streamer guys. More content, more content is better. Whoever complained about too much content? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're doing too much within a movie, that's one thing. But just content overall, you know, I am not complaining. I'm not saying I'm going to watch all these different things. I mean, some things cater to me more than others. But, you know, between a lot of the Star Wars, the Marvel the Disney, the Pixar, you know, all the stuff basically they own. I'll for sure be watching a good amount of it. Don't get me wrong. It'll be over a span of time. I'm just simply excited, you know. It's something that we've been, you know, waiting for ever since, like, the Avengers ended from the Marvel side. You know, what's next? We're kind of waiting on movies, especially with the COVID thing. And now we have, you know, some fun anticipation knowing we actually have release dates on things. So it's going to be just a fun little ride for the next few years and, yeah, I mean, I think we're all still kind of just taking it in because it's like, yeah, it's TV entertainment. But, you know, this is something that we're pretty passionate about and something that we enjoy. And it's obviously good content for TCB. Definitely good content. And just to keep it with the Marvel uh, Universe before we head on to uh, Warner Brothers, AT&T, uh, HBO. Uh, I know one thing you're not too excited about, Sean, is about... Uh, how are they going to fit your boy Garfield and your boy uh, Toby? Into, <laughs> <laughs> I know you had you expressed your a couple words about that earlier about uh, 
you didn't know how they were going to really try to bring these older Spider-Mans back. But uh, if it was up to me, I would say that it's going to be like a flashback type of story. He's going to be going back and forth. It's obviously going to have to incorporate the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Mans and the Garfield Spider-Mans and whatnot to incorporate it with these new ones. But uh, are you excited to to see the new Spider-Man that they've been uh, pumping lately, Sean? A hundred and ten percent excited. It's still Spider-Man. I love this character. I definitely like the direction they're going with it. But with just all the things they've been announcing lately, I'm not even against it. It's actually more so just a curiosity. You're like, how the hell are they going to make this work? I mean, now you want to have Garfield and that chick from that movie in it. Then you want to have... Uh, Kristen Dunst with Tobey Maguire in it and then I'm hearing the rumor that they want to have Daredevil in it then the idea that they're going to have the Sinister Six in it possibly a Venom appearance and then oh yeah we're going to have Dr. Octopus back in the movie so it's just so much so I think it's more just a curiosity of like hey I have my full confidence in Marvel that they're going to release something that's going to be, you know, blown through the roof of Spider-Man, something Mike, Mark, and I all like. But with just so much news just released over, like, a couple of days about this movie specifically, I'm just more so curious because, I mean, I've watched all those Spider-Man, and to kind of bring it all together, I just hope they kind of don't mess it up. I just don't know how you're going to make it work. But, hey, you know, I'm not questioning it. Just curiosity, but we'll see. I'm definitely excited. I know they're doing the filming as we speak, and we'll see how it comes out, man. Yeah, definitely, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to see how it comes out. Alfred Molina is slated to play Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Mike was excited for that news. Uh, Doctor Octopus going back is one of Mister. Uh, uh wall walkers uh, famous foes from back in the early days but uh let's switch gears here sean let's go to uh i want to bring on hbo max a couple days prior to uh, disney plus and uh disney um releasing all these news about star wars and whatnot they got going forward you got christopher nolan man the guy the man the myth the legendary director uh coming out of Westminster, London, in United Kingdom at 50 years old, saying that he believes that HBO Max, the worst streaming service in history, for saying that they're going to release these uh, movies on the same day on streaming that they would be released in the theaters. Your your thoughts, Sean, going going forward with uh, Christopher Nolan and his comments, in my opinion, I think that he has to say what he's, you know, he's obviously wants the best for his movies. He wants them to be on the big screen. He doesn't want them to be diluted. So I can see where he's coming from. At the same time, it's uh, it puts AT&T and Warner Brothers and Time Warner Media in a kind of a weird situation between a, a rock and a hard place like they like to say because you got one of your best directors and then you got your business model that you have to move forward with through this pandemic and try to adjust through as a, as many other companies are have been able to do or and are presently currently trying to do through this pandemic and then you got your your one of your best directors you know kind of taking shots at you man and then two days later your arch rival in Disney is uh, releasing all this news, man. So uh, 
What do you think, Sean? Do you think the HBO did the right thing? Do you think Christopher Nolan has said the right thing, voicing out his opinion? Uh, what's your thoughts on the whole situation, man? Well, I think Christopher Nolan's never going to have a problem finding a job, so he can really say whatever in the hell he wants. Uh, I think HBO Max is kind of doing something they have to do to a degree because movie theaters just aren't the money makers right now. It's not happening, bro. Exactly. As much as I want, as much as I want Americana to hang on, but you know? I heard I heard someone say the other day, Sean, that you know movie theaters everyone used to have small tvs now people got 70 80 inch tvs in their houses surround sound systems the home movie theater experience has evolved to the point where i'm sorry to say it could be the end of movie theaters going forward not the end the end but definitely you could see a big decrease by like 50 percent and it's gonna be sad but i wasn't buying it but going forward following a, a week later from episode 90 to 91 i'm kind of starting to believe that man unfortunately it just might not the theaters might not hang on as much as i wish they would unfortunately well i mean to what you said you know i don't know if they're gonna be able to hang on especially in california we obviously have gone down that route in numerous sports topics and movie topics entertainment wise and how we're handling things but, you know, with HBO Max specifically, you know, they're going a different direction with with obviously releasing these blockbuster movies on the same day as movie theater releases. And they're not going to charge any extra. So it does make you kind of question from the director side, maybe in the agent side, like you're kind of just like watering down these movies like you're not really giving them the value you're not going to charge these people more you're going to take them out of the movie theater you're not taking them out of the movie theater but you basically are because no one's gonna go to the movies and watch them so i mean from their standpoint you know i think they definitely question the direction of that just the company's going as a whole and you know this is just what our opinions are we really don't know what they're what the point is and i think mike probably made just the most valid point which is the only thing i can stick to they're just trying to get more subscribers because even seeing on a lot of websites, they're you know they've been having some very bad numbers in terms of the subscribers they've gotten. Even if it's people who already have HBO, so they get HBO Max. It's like how often do they use it? In terms of new subscribers, again from like the different websites I've had, they really haven't been having the numbers they anticipated. So I mean, what are we gonna do now? Hey, let's have all of our 2021 movies, the Wonder Woman's. The Space Jam 2s, Godzilla, King Kong, all of them come out on uh, HBO Max. And, hey, we're not going to charge you more. But it's kind of like, from the business standpoint, is that the smartest thing? Is that going to guarantee more subscriptions? If that's even the goal, I mean, again, I don't really know deep down what's going on. But I guess to kind of just see kind of like that little Civil War-ish feel going on between you know Christopher Nolan, Flato calling them out. A lot of different high-profile agents questioning the CEO and do they really know business? And it's just kind of like, damn, you know, it's not really what you want to hear and stuff. I guess for us, at the end, we just want content. But you just want to hope, you know, things kind of clean up a little bit, too. Because it's kind of like, especially in what we're doing as a comic bookies, digging into all the mumbo-jumbo, you know, the stuff that people don't hear about. This isn't stuff you really want to hear from the stuff that we like with DC HBO Max, Max specifically. So 
hopefully things get better. I'm sure it will. I mean, they have the movies, they have the slate of things coming out, especially you know with Batman eventually and the different shows on HBO Max. And I know Mike, who has it already, he says he's enjoying it. So, you know, hearing it from one of our colleagues, you know, we got to just trust you know, the process to a degree. And we'll see what happens. I mean, next year is going to definitely tell a lot. You know, is it going to really be successful to release these, you know, blockbuster movies on a streaming service? Is it going to kind of cause some, hey, you know, I don't want to freaking work from them. Am I just worth the streaming service? But again, there's no movie theaters. So what the hell are you supposed to do? Yeah, and it's kind of crazy, Sean, like thinking about how all these companies, HBO, Disney, uh the comic bookies we're all kind of like uh you know fighting for people's attention if you will you know everybody uh, there's 24 hours in a day i need 10 mo you know like our boy from the bay mac dre once said you know we it's just not enough hours in the day you got me uh, i listen to some podcasts and some youtube videos on like one and a half and two time just to get through content quicker because there's just so much content that we have been immersed with in our lives now, you know, and that these these, uh, you know, these media companies, Disney, HBO Max, they're just they're just they're just want everybody's attention. But it's just how how are people just going to spread all their, you know, their entertainment time if you got kids, if you got a job, if you're busy, it's just you only got so many hours in the day that you can dedicate to, you, you know, to streaming, to podcasting, to to videos, to working out. You know, working out usually comes in with music because you can listen to your new music as you're working out. But, man, it's just we're living in a world where we're just oversaturated with content. And us being content creators, if you will, in our own right, as we you know produce this comic bookie podcast weekly and try to bring the best content to the fans out there, I just uh, I just hope that uh, that our our product can kind of you know lie in the weeds and kind of be noticed as well because it's kind of hard to stand out when you got Nolan's and uh, Disney dropping years and years worth of content to take up hours and hours of uh, uh of, of people's lives that could possibly be listening to our podcast or whatnot but uh, uh yeah man content has just been crazy lately everyone's on youtube everyone's creating a podcast everyone wants to be heard when we started ours uh, over a year ago we thought we were late but just imagine almost 100 episodes in, like, I'm glad that we got in and got the experience that we have thus far a year and a half in, because uh, I think that uh, it's it's really helped and it's helped us understand the business a little bit more and what it takes to really succeed in this space. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, just shout out to Disney Plus for creating and uh, giving fans what they want as well as HBO Max. I know that uh, AT&T and Time Warner have an agenda that they have to uh, go by also because uh, times are changing in this uh, COVID world that we're living in. And although Christopher Nolan wants all of his uh, movies and whatnot to be on the big screen and shown and make as much money as they can, uh, as a business, you know, you got to do what's right for your business as well. So, uh, 
yeah, Sean, if there's anything else you got to say, uh, we're almost uh, an hour and 45 minutes in. The comic bookie fans are probably getting distressed listening to our asses, but uh, we've delivered some fire ass news as well as we could. Uh, Disney Plus is releasing a lot of this stuff uh, hours before we record, so we try to gather as much information as we can. Uh, Mike will be here next week again to uh, to review more of all uh, a lot more of all this Disney stuff as he is the go to guru for uh, for all this streaming stuff. But uh, yeah, Sean, anything else you want to conclude in episode 91 as we round it out on this late Wednesday evening night, whatever you want to call it on the Pacific Coast? Well, I am going to conclude with one last piece of news and a little transition right into, you know, my final word, as I always have for every episode. We love the final word, that married word. You know what it is, man. Mr. Powers at his finest. But the last bit of news is Mr. Lucius Fox's son, Tim Fox, will be the new black and first black Batman in the future real state. Dark Knight. The real Dark Knight. There it is. So be something. <laughs> there it is, brother. You know, it's obviously gonna be really, really cool because we know how impactful Lucius Fox is to Batman. So yeah, that's definitely uh, something to look forward to in future state. A lot of fun things coming out again, DC wise in the comic uh, aspect of it. And just really quick alluding to what you said to both. HBO Max, DC, uh, Warner Bros, and then obviously Disney Plus and all this stuff that they have. You know, they're do they're both doing great. At the end of the day, just being the fan that I am, like Mark and Mike, they're just trying to provide content as best they can. Obviously, you know, the upper management, they're going to have their aspect of what's going to make them money. And they're obviously thinking about the competitor and how the hell they could try to one-up each other. But from our perspective, just keep giving us content. We're going to be happy. And with that said, guys, a very, very fun Thursday night. As Mark said earlier, Mike couldn't be here tonight, but it was me and my brother, you know, doing what we do, providing a fire content as always. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the sports, got some fun betting lines from Mark and got our opinions on different things. Comic wise, obviously, Marvel caused another earthquake today. On the other side of it, uh, HBO Max, you know, we obviously have all these different movies coming out next year for no additional price, so we can't complain about that. Check out the comic bookies, guys. We have so much fun stuff going forward, and we do have a special thing hopefully in store for everybody in episode 100. Still, you know, a little bit of time away, so you guys can prep for it, but we definitely have some hopefully in the works um mike had a kick-ass video he just shot off on youtube so definitely check that out also check out the social media pages as we mentioned week in and week out youtube facebook instagram twitter i don't have the exact titles but i think after 91 episodes mike said it 91 times so your asses should know already (laughs) but we love you guys definitely keep you know supporting us and we're gonna keep obviously providing you the content that we can be the best that we can at it and we love you guys That's right. We love you guys as well as we love Treasure Island Comics. Again, we are brought to you by them, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Check them out, as we always say, weekly. But yeah, uh, sports uh, is kind of getting geared up again with basketball and, 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 and Christmas coming up. Football is dwindling down. NASCAR is delivering us news, but we'll see. With all this COVID news, we just hope that all of you comic bookie fans out there stay safe, that you guys stay sane, 
Just remember, pick up a couple of books. That'll help you guys get through it. We thank you guys, like Sean said, at the comicbookies at gmail.com and on all social media platforms. Let us know what you guys are doing for the holidays. Let us know if you guys are excited for Marvel, if you guys are excited for the Disney Plus, if you guys hate Christopher Nolan for hating on HBO Max. Let us know. Drop us a line. Drop us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast you're listening to us on. But thank you, thank you, thank you. We are coming at you again next week, episode 92. We'll have a lot more with a lot more book reviews for you guys. And let us know. What do you want us to review? What do you want us to talk about? This podcast is for you, the fans. And uh, we thank you all. So nonetheless, uh, like Mike always says, enjoy the sports, enjoy the books, and uh, enjoy each other. Episode 91, it's a wrap, guys. Thank you, Sean. I love you, brother. Peace. Always enjoy each other, brother. Peace.